Hey, I'm Vinny. And I'm Nat. And this is the Relatively Fit Podcast. doing i'm good are you asking me or are you asking the people them well i'm asking everyone everybody how are you and how are you at home or in the park or wherever so you basically are? i've got a headache <laughs> i'm sorry about that i'm sure we did another episode where you um, had an episode um, <laughs> <laughs> another episode where yeah, you had another episode. episode like i have an episode all the time <laughs> You're very fragile. Just fragile. Um, we did another episode where you had a headache. Oh, okay. And you were just upset with everyone. Oh. <laughs> I mean, nothing new there. Oh, no. I'm joking. I'm not upset with anyone today. I think it's a combination of waking up early and having to fight my way across London to get to East London for like... 7 o'clock, 7.15, which I'm not going to do again. And then, um, it's hot. It's hot. It like, is so hot. It's September and this be feeling like July. Well, this is what we've been missing all those weeks when we had a ton of rain. Yeah. But I do remember one of the last hot days in August because something very nice happened. What happened? Ooh, what do you mean, what happened? You can't see your finger. <laughs> I can, but there's nothing on it. Uh-oh. <laughs> Where are they? They're upstairs. We can talk about that later anyway. Oh, okay. I think we've got a few other things to talk about maybe beforehand. Well, I was weaving that nicely into the conversation. Oh. Okay. What do you okay. want to talk about? I want to talk about the fact that we missed our first birthday, anniversary, <laughs> whatever the hell. <laughs> Well, life got in the way. Life got in the way. Because yeah. something happened in August. Because something happened in August. Okay, it's like you really want to talk about this event that happened in August. But basically, I think we should maybe acknowledge first okay. that the 14th of August yeah. oh, was yes. our first year anniversary. And we didn't really post about it on social media because... Well, we didn't forget. We were just busy. <laughs> Boo. Boo. I mean, our our social media marketing skills very much lacking mm. right there. Well, I say that. It's, it's not my strong point, so I don't really well, assist in that area. It's not really your strong point already. And then to <laughs> add, like, the pressure of life. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. You can't count on Nat. Nat can't no. be the person that covers in the office no. for social media marketing because she will just fuck up your thing. Like, she would just make sure that everybody loses their job. I'm just like, <laughs> no, I didn't send that email out. Sorry. But I've got a ton of great ideas, though. <laughs> <laughs> I am not that girl you want covering your work. She's not the social capacity. she's not the social media marketing girl. I'm sorry. No. But then neither am I. I'm just kind of learning along the way. I think we're learning together really. Well, you do all right. Yeah, not bad, not mm. bad. My strong point is having the ideas and finding the person to implement my ideas, which is you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Like Adrian said, What's his name? Jean-Luc Picard isn't the smartest one on the Starship Enterprise. He is very smart, but then he finds the right team 
to do the things that need to be done. Yeah. So basically you're a manager. <laughs> yeah. Can you do this? Can you do that? No. Does that mean all managers don't really know their job and they're just winging it and okay, just telling people what so, to do? Um, <laughs> well. Okay, um, next question. <laughs> managers can manage, but not all managers can manage people um yeah but that's a topic for another day okay (laughs) okay um anyway back to what we should be talking about yeah um which is that is our first year anniversary of relatively fit pod yes um i don't know how you feeling about it i'm feeling great um yeah it's like one of those things where you you do something, but then you have to continue to do it and keep it fresh and keep it, ex- keep it exciting. So I am excited and I can't believe that a year has passed already. Mm. And um, in terms of like, I think I might have asked you this before, mm-hmm. but in terms of like where you want relatively fit to go. Um, Global. I mean, say say I want it in it. Put it into the universe. Um, yeah, where do you want it to go? Because I guess this did start as like a lockdown project. Not gonna lie, mm-hmm. NGL. Although, if you take it back to the first episode, it wasn't an idea that came about in lockdown. It's just that we started it in lockdown. It yeah. came about actually maybe two or three years before this. Mm-hmm. We just hadn't. Um, actioned it we hadn't put anything into place yeah um it was just all kind of floaty floaty in the air ideas um until yeah last lockdown so where do you want to see it like do you wish to continue do you wish yes to at least continue this podcast to the end of this year and what are you trying to say (laughs) are you like I'm leaving now. Guys. <laughs> Is this your exit interview? I have an announcement to make. <laughs> I will be leaving. No, I'm joking. I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. I just want to know because like, obviously things change for people. Mm-hmm. And things I change for you. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> things change for people. Yeah. Definitely hasn't changed for me. I like doing this podcast. Mm, I because do. I just like spending time with you oh, and I like chatting. Um, I'm learning. I'm learning how to do stuff. I'm learning how to edit and mm-hmm. work with sound. Um, I'm learning how to do the whole social media thing. Um, so I feel like I'm learning things. And I also feel like it's, I guess, in some ways, opening our worlds up a little bit more mm-hmm. yeah. um we're talking to like new people like yeah sure we've had guests on here that we know because they're our friends but also we've had people that we don't know and that's also been quite scary reaching out to people that we don't yeah, know and definitely. like oh what if they say no or what if they ignore us or will they think that our podcast is like a good idea or like will they even like our podcast and mm-hmm. the stuff that we talk about like so that's been like new um and challenging at times yeah um but for the most part it's been it's been fun and yeah we don't have like 10 billion followers yet 
or 10 billion downloads like every single episode or whatever but there's time (laughs) a there's time and b it's nice it is nice when you have like that person come back and message you either on your personal or on the podcast one yeah oh my gosh like I listened to this and it made me feel like this or I had this experience and it was quite similar to what I heard um and I feel like that's been really heartwarming Mm -hmm. and I'd rather have like a small knit group of people that actually engage like that than have like loads of people that are just kind of there and don't really engage and you don't really know how they feel about stuff that you're talking about and they're just kind of there really Mm -hmm. um I agree with everything you've said but yeah so I would like to continue it till the end of the year good (laughs) going into next year I'd actually like to continue it for as long as possible yeah me too I think everything you said just it's the same for me really especially reaching out to people because um I find it quite challenging to just well I suppose a lot of people do to actually reach out and ask people for things you know I mean people always say they can either say yes or no which is true or maybe or not right now or whatever but I have to say this has kind of made me a bit more confident because We've had so many positive responses and literally everyone we've asked to come onto the podcast, they've been like, oh my gosh, yeah, we've had a listen and we love what you're saying and the topics that you cover. So it's made me more confident, you know, even in my daily life of actually speaking up on things. Do you know what? I'm going to just jump in and cut you off right there. That's Mm. so rude, but I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) But I have to completely agree with that. Mm. I feel like... It's almost a little bit similar to like when I first started teaching, yeah, which is why I guess the family were just like, is she okay? Like, she don't like people. Why, <laughs> why does she, she like, why is she doing this? Why does she like yeah. this job, yeah? <laughs> but you almost, it sounds so cheesy, but it's almost like you find your voice mm. and you begin to like, you begin to realise that there are people that are willing to listen to you Mm -hmm. and there are people that care about you and what you have to say and who you are as a person and not that that's there to like boost your ego I guess it does in some ways but also it it does do something for your confidence Mm -hmm. and to remind you that actually yes the things that I have to say and my opinions and the things I value and the things that I think are worth sharing are of value and of importance. Mm-hmm. And although they may not be import- of importance to that person over there, it's of importance to me and it's of importance to somebody who's over there. Exactly. And that's what matters. And I definitely feel like you have in some ways found your voice. Anyways, continue. Yes, because I feel as well like... Another part of this is, again, to be cheesy, it made me feel like, you know, like where you think you're the only one that is facing this issue or this problem. Like some of the topics we've covered 
and the responses that we've got back from them have made me realize that you know as women we're so diverse but we're all so similar regardless of where you live your walk of life your income bracket you know the shade of your skin there are issues that we have as women that make us all quite close and are all common between us whether it was things from the period episode or the menopause thing or you know women lifting weights or you know mindful intuitive eating it's made me realize that we're all pretty much have a lot in common as women regardless of like who we are and where we're from so yeah I love that aspect of it and I also love the interaction with people just coming back and saying how much they enjoyed the episode or how much what we said resonated with them or how much they liked our guest or they'd been through a similar situation that we were speaking on so I really love that as well you know and yeah that makes me happy yeah so thank you to all of you that take the time to listen thank you so so much yeah (laughs) yeah thanks dry (laughs) now that we've done our thanks and acknowledged one year of a relatively fit pod we can talk about what you desperately want to talk about because you've been like hinting and dropping yeah since we hit records what about august yeah what about august i don't know what about august well i don't know because obviously you know but you just don't want to say what do you mean what do you mean what do you mean what do you mean mean? (laughs) see i'm gonna sing a little bit today but not much yeah go on then do you know what i thought you was gonna sing what it's the summer of love. Ooh, Move ooh. your body round and come on and, and get a dance. It's the summer of love. Anyways. Wow. It's the summer of love and the summer of sport. And the summer of love is that. Yeah, let's do the love bit Should we do the love bit first? Down and dirty. Shut up. I got married, didn't it? She's gone, boys. She's gone. Well, she's been gone for a long time. I've but been she's gone from gone, time, gone. Yeah. I've been gone from time. <laughs> she's gone, gone now. I've been gone from time, let me tell you. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so this is like a big part of the reason why we've been AWOL too, because shit just got really busy. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Like Wedding planning is real. But I need, I need to even add to this, yeah, because... <laughs> I know that I was getting pressure left, right, and center about, oh, but you haven't done this. Oh, but you haven't done mm-hmm. that. Da, 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 yeah. I'm going to say something. I'm going to say it real quick. Wow. I think we need to sit down for this one. <laughs> I think everybody needs to understand yet that we maybe did the bulk of that wedding planning within the space of about three to four months, mm-hmm. which it sounds like a long time. It's not a lot it's of time. It's not when it comes to weddings, no. It's not a lot of time. Actually, I'm not even gonna say three to four months. I'm gonna I'm gonna say three months. Yes, um, I'm gonna about from that. from May. Yeah. From May, because that's when we had like the final, final restrictions completely lifted. Mm-hmm. So we had about the space of three months. At this point, we probably had in terms of things confirmed. 
the registrar, the venue, and my dress. Mm. Three things. The dress. Everything Ooh. else was like done in the space of that three months. So that was like confirming guests. What about the venue? Oh no, the... venue. That's what I said. Okay. Venue, dress, and registrar. Oh right, okay. Um, everything else. So caterers. Um, confirming guests, mm. food, photographer, videographer, da 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 da. All of them things were done in like the space of three months. So, as you can probably imagine, that was challenging. Mm. It was challenging. Um, she puts it nicely. It was challenging. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. The real tea is right. <laughs> I literally had brain space for nothing else. People nearly lost clumps of hair. <laughs> well, not me, that's for sure. Other people were just coming in my face. Pulling their hair out. Yeah, I wasn't, I, I weren't touching my, it weren't my hair that was being touched. Let me tell you, it would have been anybody else and their stink breath that was in front of me just chatting, chatting. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, this is how it got people. This, this is, is how, how it got. got. This is the real, real, yeah. This is the real, real, like. You have to be, no, no, no. Calm down. Yeah, It'll there was there was a lot of journaling, mm. a lot of like releasing on on the paper, you know, pen to paper. If you know me, you know that's my thing. How many journals did you fill in the in the space of three months? Do you know what? Not as many as like <laughs> lockdown year the first time. Can't even lie. Okay, I'm still on the same the same book, the same notebook, but um. Yeah, there was just a lot to manage. I didn't have much brain space for anything else. So a lot of like my other life stuff just had to be put on hold because it was just like the constant questions and oh, the what about this and the what about that and trying to figure out, like when you think about it, yeah, I know there's there's like bare people in the world that are, like are married like three, four times over. I'm gonna do this once year and I've not done it before. So <laughs> I don't know how many bottles of wine to get. And then I've got to try and do this calculation. I don't even know what I'm calculating and I don't even know if it's gonna be right. And then people are asking me, but are you sure? And I'm like, blood, I'm not sure in it. Like, I don't know what you're asking me for. <laughs> like, you should be helping me. Don't ask me no questions. I should be asking you the questions. Uh, <laughs> here's so, the brief. Here's the Go brief. Get on Go with get it. on with it. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, but what about this? But I don't know when the time, yeah, because we haven't sorted that bit yet. Can you just like be patient and then we'll sort it and then we'll tell you in it. Anyways. <laughs> and breathe. And breathe. <laughs> it, um, you've done it now. So it, it got like <laughs> quite stressful, can't even lie. Um and thankfully I have a husband. Ooh, my husband. I have a husband who at the time is my fiance. Give it a while. You'll be like me and you'll be saying, oh, women doors. doors. But thankfully, <laughs> he was quite um, hands-on with the planning as well. So I know like a lot of people seem to think, oh, it's the bride, not their job, but like it's what they want to do. So just let them get on with it. Mm. Blood, I didn't want to do this, innit? <laughs> I didn't want to. All I knew, I think you should rephrase that. What? You did okay. want to get married. I didn't want to get married, it... but I just weren't on the planning shit, yeah. Because that tell sounds you, yeah. crazy. That sounds. I right, didn't right. really want to get married and he made me. Okay, let me tell you, yeah. <laughs> I, I knew what things I wanted. I knew what um... menu I wanted and I knew what dress I wanted. And that's why those things were done from early because I knew them that's things. That's all you wanted. <laughs> For the other stuff, I don't know in it. I you don't want know. food? Um, there's some restaurants down the road. There's some the restaurants road. down the roads. You know, they're just down there. Let's go. <laughs> Everybody chip in. 
60 pound a hair yeah you'll see people run home i'll give you anyway. my card details you can like just transfer the money <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i've lost my train of thought now i'm just yeah. babbling where Sorry. was i so yeah then it was like you know bridesmen bridesmen oh my god mm. brides then it was like bridesmaids groomsmen mm-hmm. sorting out all that malarkey. but even that was you know obviously because we're still living in a certain time with certain restrictions all right let me just let me just break it down yeah <laughs> i know we never really mentioned brands on here because we're just like you know free advertising or whatever but david's daddy bridal oh <laughs> just david's daddy bridal Boom. yeah <laughs> that day that trip i <laughs> I knew that trip was going to be a waste of time, yeah. I knew that trip was going to be trouble. But it was good to and you know, see, though. And the reason why I knew that trip was going to be trouble, yeah, is because, A, we had to travel all the way to Westfall Stratford. Yeah. I hate Stratford. Like, don't at me in it. I don't like Stratford. And, B, I had to drive through the Rotherhive Tunnel and I hit the curb. And if you know the Rotherhive Tunnel, oh. yeah, the curb, like, as you're driving into the tunnel is high. So depending on, like, because my car's quite low. And I drive through that tunnel all the time, but I don't I don't see it. Like, you can judge it as you're driving up, but I don't see it. Mm. And this time, I really didn't see it. And I clipped it and damaged my tire. And I knew from then... Sometimes you just have that feeling. I just knew from then mm-hmm. this was not going to be a good trip. Yeah. We got there anyways. Basically, oh, this really is going to be the Summer <laughs> of Love episode because we be, we are chatting, chatting. But basically, this bridal store market their bridesmaids' dresses as, here are 25 designs. Mm-hmm. Here are 50 colours. Yes. Here are 40 fabrics. You can mix and match for each of your bridesmaids. I was like, oh, what a great idea. Time is short. And at the end of the day, I want my bridesmaids to feel happy. I want them to look nice. They have a color and a fabric that we can work with. Mm -hmm. Let's go there. We get there. And then the girl, I mean, it's not her fault, obviously. But she's like, oh, we only have that color in like these dresses and it's three of the most frumpy ugly disgusting flimsy Mm. ebay style you can get for 99p (laughs) dress and i'm like you're selling this for 129 pounds yeah and i was just so disappointed and then she was like oh but you need to order now because if you don't then there's going to be a rush for you and i'm like fam when we called you only last week asking this very question mm-hmm. the women said no there will be no rush for you there's n- there's more than enough time da, yeah. da, 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 da. when's the wedding oh that's more than enough that's time. more than enough time yeah so and then it, it turns out it's like oh because they all come from the same place and then part of it is like made in china and then obviously because of coronavirus and there's a delay mm-hmm. so by this point i'm just ready to fight everyone don't even look at me like i'm just gonna fight you <laughs> like where's my box and gloves we're just gonna go rounds in it so that was stressful i then um had the bridesmaids dresses made um by someone who i used to work with and that was like her side thing. That was her side hustle that she's now made into a business. And she did an amazing, amazing, amazing job. By this point, I was like, okay, cool. If we're going to make them, obviously 
they're going to be fit to each girl perfectly so I'm happy to then go with the same style for everybody can I just say she made my boobies look great <laughs> yeah but you're trying to hide them they I was just like, like free up the boobies at the top man hey yeah hi she looked great shape and figure yeah mm. she looked great they all look great um <laughs> thank you so yeah that was sorted um and then we move on to the groomsmen um yeah Andre and I were gonna fight over the suit like there's hashtag no anyway hashtag no violence in our relationship just fyi like when i say fight it's not literally like we're beating each other up but (laughs) (laughs) hands could have been thrown (laughs) from you we we socially distance fight in it we just do the hand slapping thing in the air Uh, and then maybe Fred Kitchen. And then I walk out of the room and then that's it. I hate you. I hate you. Bye. Um, but yeah, so the suit thing was sorted. Amazing. Um, there was going to be a situation where the suit was going to be made in Thailand. And that was just giving me like heart palpitations. I couldn't take it. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad that that didn't work out. Common sense prevailed. Anyway. Got two months left. Yeah. Less. Um, let's fast forward to the day. Um, it was amazing. I'm going to say now, I'm going to say right now, I'm a planner in terms of like, I like having things like people need to know what they're doing at certain times. And I know that, but other people don't know that. So I'm going to make you a full on document. I made everyone a full on document of what they needed to do, where they needed to be. And at what time, anyway, people followed the document until it got to about 150 when the groomsmen should have been like mm-hmm. outside our apartment to pick us up. I must be the only bride in bride history to be ready on time. Yes, and I have to say I did my job because all the bridesmaids was ready. We were ready like we were ready. 10 minutes early. I'm not even joking. Like we were about a mile away from the venue, right? Yes. We were about a mile away from the venue. Um start time was 2 30 no one knew that obviously because black people time like and mm-hmm. even so people came late let me not even start yet because that's <laughs> another train that i just won't even stop and i'll just have to start fighting people's <laughs> anyway podcast part two part two um i was ready so imagine i was due to get there for 2 15 for my pre-wedding interview i was ready by 1 50 150 yeah. it's a mile drive it's not going to take 10 minutes right i was ready by 1 50 a car came late all the cars came late didn't understand why all the cars came late i'll explain why the cars came late in a minute (laughs) anyways the car came late i get to the venue at about 2 40 now i go for my pre-wedding interview so basically if you don't get married in like a church or whatever um you have a registrar that will have to go through certain particulars just make sure like names dates births addresses etc are correct on the forms that will soon be your marriage certificate and that takes about five to ten minutes um i then come out now by this point it's like maybe about 10 to 3 so if you imagine the early early guests got there at like (laughs) 130. They've been sitting down for time. They might probably dry. dry mouth They've probably now. got hungry breath. They hungry. Um, it's always one of them. Has anyone got any means? And do you know, do you know the funny thing, yeah? When you lot were setting up, I was gonna pass a message on to either you or to the groomsmen mm-hmm. to say put bottle of water, put bottles of water under every seat, or put oh, like that would have been a good idea, yeah. Just something yeah. just for people to have, anyways. Um 
Then I'm like, oh, I'm ready. Where's my brother? Oh, don't. <laughs> the venue manager literally was like, okay, in the most calm voice ever. And with like, not like a horrible smile on his face, just to like, I think it was just to make sure that I stay calm and not to worry me. He was just like, okay, so your brother's not here, but we can get your mum or your uncle to stand in. And me and my sister were like, what do you mean he's not what here? What do you mean? We, we proper got we all South thought, London. What yeah, do you mean? Even got, though we're wearing nice dresses. We got proper South. What do you mean? But I think it was the worry because it was such mm. a big role for him to play. I instantly presumed something could happen. He was in an accident. Yeah, they didn't want to tell me. Yeah. And I literally was about to burst into tears because I was like, something bad has happened. Mm. He would not, he wouldn't miss this for no reason. I don't understand why he's not here. Anyways, I was like, I've paid whatever money for this makeup. I ain't trying to ruin it now. I already had a little cry in the car because David played the song. <laughs> Andre knows the song and <laughs> I had to shout at David David if you're listening I'm really sorry that I shouted at you I'm really sorry I was just dressed and I didn't want to cry but I was like obviously holding, holding back tears from then um, so I was just like do you know what it's cool let's just breathe mm. thankfully my uncle decided to step in which is lovely actually it worked out really really well yeah um, ceremony was beautiful um, I had a little bit of a moment. My mum was like, hold it, hold it, girl. You better hold it because ain't nobody got time to be messing up the makeup and the makeup artist gone home. I can't do makeup, save my life. So... I did have them press on things and I you know. were like, don't touch my face. And no, I was, like, I was like, don't wipe because you need to yeah. know how to do it. Basically, I had blotting powder in my, <laughs> blotting, blotting paper in my, in my bag <laughs> and it's like, it's blotting paper in it so you've got to dab, 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 not wipe, wipe, You do wipe. it like you're wipe, wiping a work surface. You just go like... You fall. <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm, oh my God. Look, I don't wear all the makeups and stuff, but I've seen them tutorials. You blot, isn't it? You yes, don't. you dab, yeah. dab, dab. So I was, I was just making joking. sure that she wasn't wiping. But yeah, the ceremony was beautiful. It I was didn't lovely. cry. I soon found out that um, the hugs had a bet with one of the bridesmaids, whether or not he was going to cry. He didn't cry. I knew he weren't going to cry anyway. He don't cry. He's just like, so, uh, like, I'm just so cool, calm, collected at all times. No one's even going to know how I feel. Even I was like, even happy that I'm here like <laughs> but yeah it was beautiful we got some beautiful pictures oh, we're just lovely. waiting for a few more of the edits to come through um it was a beautiful day the it food was. was lovely yes um I did do a speech um I don't know if anyone recorded it I did did you yeah oh you're not having it no I need to have it why because you're the only person that has it has it recorded are you for real yeah oh okay yeah what's it worth uh, you want to give me some of them products in your room? That's what you want to do. I told you to just take some. We'll go through the bag later. Okay. Can I have that perfume? No. Okay. Perfumes are off limits. Anyways. <sighs> okay. Um, sorry. I need I need the speech recording. She's got loads um, of products in her room. And she doesn't even let me touch them. Can you just? Sorry. Um. <laughs> yes. I spoke. Because I heard, actually, it's not traditional for a bride to speak at a wedding. No, it is And isn't. I thought, that's bloody outrageous. I This is my day. This is our day. And if I've got something to say, I'm going to say it. Yeah, I spoke on my wedding day because like, people were like, you're not supposed... I was like, no, excuse me. I have a voice and I'm going to use it. I'm Give me the it. microphone. You better just pass on the mic. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> I didn't plan my speech, actually. I kind of thought... 
about what I'd say if I was to speak but at that point I was kind of undecided as to whether or not I would speak so I wasn't really sure um but yeah it just kind of fell out of my brain and through my mouth it was um, nice though because it was you know sometimes you just speak off the cuff and it's just a realist isn't it yeah so, yeah um I wasn't gonna do that because you when know, I you wrote was, a speech didn't I you? did and I wasn't you... going to I was literally just gonna speak from the heart but I thought I'm the type of person where I'll look at someone and then I'll just be like Ooh, or I'd look at our brother and then think of some really random atrocious story from when you were like seven, like, don't know, like if you wet yourself or something and it would just fall out my mouth. So some, I thought, you know what? Not today. Yeah. You I need pro- to regulate you myself. Probably, you probably tell the story about when I went to the doctors, isn't it? And have got the questions asked. You see, that would have come out. That would have come out if I didn't rec- um, regulate myself. So like I said at the time, I'm going to stay to time and I'm going to keep it on the line. On the line. Yes. Because you don't want people knowing about that thing. Well, I mean, <laughs> our brother decided to tell everybody that one of my first dreams was about the fishes and that the yeah. fishes were biting me. Your feet. In my sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> I had a fear of fish, guys. And I had a dream and it was like a recurring dream where the fish would bite my feet. It was very traumatic. <laughs> She's still suffering. I'm still suffering to this day. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, it was a beautiful day. It was lovely. I had so much fun. Like I actually did have so much fun. Oh. And I felt like like everyone said that I was really happy. I definitely was very, very happy because I don't smile with teeth and in every single yeah. picture there is bare teeth, There's man. Teeth. All Why ones so at much the back. teeth? Why yeah. is there so much teeth? But um yeah, I had a really good time and even at moments I was like like looking around and stuff and it almost felt like I was outside of my own body Mm. in a strange way like I was watching someone else's life yeah and it's like oh like when you're you're the the person that's viewing like oh this is a really nice story or a really nice scene or a really Mm. nice movie like it felt like that at parts um and especially with the year we've had. Oh, God. We've not had any occasion to have all the people that we love and care about. In the same room. In the same room. And I think that was part of yeah. the appeal, the charm. That, yeah, that partly made the day as well. For me, anyway. Oh, no, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I feel like, I feel like we made people fall in love again. <laughs> i feel like i feel like we've inspired people but yes it was a beautiful day and then it got to a part of the night where i honestly don't remember anything because i was with my beloved bottle of moscato and it didn't leave only until it was empty and then i'd get another one um but you'd never know i didn't even see you leave You'd never ever know. Yeah. But yeah, um a good time was had by all. A good time was had by all. So Yeah. So Summer of Sport. Is... Yes, okay. Because now the summer of love is over. Yeah. Well, it was quite an exciting six months in sport. So we're covering the stories that have had a major impact 
and they've widened out from sport often leading to uncomfortable conversations so in no particular order Mm. who are we going to talk about first you choose i think we should talk about shakari richardson and the wider conversation on drugs yeah so do you want to break down the story i mean i'm sure everybody knows by now but just for the sake of explaining a little deeper. Well, (laughs) drugs, Um, not a subject I know much about, but basically I do believe that Shikari's mother had passed away and at one point through grief or from whatever, um, she actually smoked some weed. That led to, obviously, it coming up and it's obviously a banned substance. So she was banned from entering, was it for the Olympics? Was the Olympic trials? It was for the Olympics, yeah. Okay, so she missed it. And that obviously opened a wider conversation on drugs, on racism, women in sport, all sorts of things came out of it. You had a lot of sports people showing their support. There's a lot of people saying, well, you know about banned substances. If you break the rules, you break the rules. And in fairness, she, I did appreciate her honesty. She didn't try to hide it. She didn't try to say, oh, you know, it might have been something I ate. You know, she admitted to the fact that she had smoked weed. Um... So I thought that was very honest and just very open of her. Um, There was a lot of criticism of her, but from what I saw, it was mostly support. And I don't really know, and I'm not best placed to speak on it, but as far as I know, I, I wouldn't have thought that, you know, weed or was like, performance enhancing because i think that's the issue isn't it well or just as it's a banned substance here's the thing right it isn't performance enhancing so actually the fact that she can be smoking weed and then be running them fast times not being funny (laughs) (laughs) well maybe it's just it it goes to show that actually she could be like a great athlete Mm -hmm. um i mean her last race or two wasn't that wonderful but yeah in terms of like having weed um and what its effect on the body you know it's not a performance enhancing drug Mm -hmm. but I guess the topic of cannabis and athletes using the substance is it's a tricky it's a tricky subject um I'm going to read a little excerpt from Forbes um, just about it all. And it says that the first time in the Olympics 125-year modern history, elite athletes are being open about their use of cannabis products to prepare them for the world's biggest stage in sports. Leading the charge is Olympic gold medalist in US soccer, women's national team star Megan Rapinoe. I think so. Rapinoe, yeah. Who incorporates CBD into her training routine using products from Mendy, a company founded by her sister Rachel Rapinoe and 
Brett Schwager. It's like on one hand, you're demonizing the use of it. Mm -hmm. And on the other, you're celebrating. So where is the line? Yeah. Um, And I guess that's the issue that I have with it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, is it the way that it's ingested or taken in by the body? I mean, smoking something as opposed to breaking it down into oil and rubbing it in your skin or rubbing it on an injury or rubbing it on your muscles for muscle repair or or whatever i would love to know what the boundary is and where the line is because it seems like it's okay for megan rapinoe to use it um she's a football player that's as much as i know about her um how does she compare then to Shikari, who who smoked it? So let's let's read on. Changing the views on cannabis and sports. The World Anti-Doping Agency removed CBD, but not other cannabinoids, from its list of prohibited substances in September 2017. But the change was not effective until January 1st, 2018, giving Olympics athletes little time to incorporate CBD into their training programs for the Winter Games being held the following month in South Korea, another country with strict cannabis laws. The legalization of hemp via the 2018 Farm Bill further reduced the perceived risk of using CBD for many athletes. THC, however, remains on the list of banned substances as much of the world learned earlier this month with the suspension and disqualification of sprinter Olympic hopeful Shakari Richardson after she tested positive for the compound, primarily responsible for the high associated with marijuana. Because uh, I believe there's different parts of it that can be extracted and certain parts of it are the bits that are is it mind or mood altering and the rest of it kind of has it's less effective without that part of it Mm. um because i do know obviously there's people that have uh ms who can have medical marijuana i think where it's in their medicine in small amounts Mm. um where some people may just smoke it and it's not for the high or for the feeling it actually helps them medically Mm. i mean i know in jamaica people actually boil it and use it as tea to drink Mm -mm. and it's something that grows naturally so i mean i would really love to know the ins and outs of this because i think um they try to make an example of shikari yeah but at the same time there are people that are actively using this as part of their training or their recovery so what is the difference i think we need to know the boundary what the difference is and where the line is um megan also goes on to say in this article um that the rules and laws banning cannabis have routinely been enforced disproportionately with communities of color often bearing the brunt of prohibition. Right. She says that it is the time to acknowledge the harm these policies and laws around THCs have caused and expand cannabis policy reform to all. The societal effect in terms of social justice that weed has had on this country is just absurd. 
there are so many mostly black and brown people sitting in jail for 10 or 20 plus years for weed and it's completely unnecessary from a social perspective we're long overdue for the legalization of cannabis and i think that's the point that i was maybe trying to get at earlier is that it doesn't make sense to me that at one hand you can be glamorizing something that comes from the same source Mm. but demonizing something else that comes from the exact same source like it doesn't make sense Mm. and it's it's the the side that's being demonized it's disproportionately affecting black and brown people and even like in america like the, the article says like people are out here in prison yeah whilst they're they're like little shops opening in LA like ooh, come and get your oils this is cool dude like it's not fair um but yeah that was something that we wanted to highlight yes from the summer of sport definitely I mean Shikari burst onto the scene and and kind of fizzled out the scene oh no the jamaican you know Listen, what? the jamaican girls did the thing but they always will this is they the thing always they always will, will. So like she's got time she will learn but jamaican sprinting women elaine thompson hera shelly ann good body fraser Pri- i mean <laughs> that girl that girl <laughs> that girl shelly ann right next so, next um so i wanted to highlight in our summer sport episode um mental health and sport oh yes um brain fart and i wanted to burp too sorry (laughs) too much at one time too much at one time (laughs) um I wanted to highlight Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles. Um, Oh, yes. I want to send them a lot of love. And I want to big them up for choosing themselves over anybody else. Yes. And I think, okay, so let's obviously talk about it. You'll probably know the story already. But... um, Naomi Osaka withdrew from the Roland Garros um, tournament and she was fined, I think, $15,000 or something like that because Mm -hmm. she refused to speak to the press, which I didn't know was like part of your contract that you had to talk um, in those like press conferences. Um, And then she was threatened by all the other Grand Slam tournaments um, with the possibility of disqualification if she didn't participate um, and if she continued to avoid the media. Um, but she she stood her ground and said that, you know, she wanted to protect her mental health um, and that athletes are human. And I think that's such an important point to make. And mm. it shouldn't even need to be made like, it's another human being. They just, they've just excelled in their chosen sport and now do that on the world stage. But it doesn't take away the fact that they have feelings and yeah. they may not be feeling okay. And the amount of pressure, she's young. Yeah, exactly. She's young. Naomi Osaka is 23 years 23. old. Twenty-three. She is a baby. She's not a baby, but you know what I mean? She's very, very young. And to be on On the the world world stage stage, in that capacity and having to navigate um, speaking in front of thousands of people, Mm. 
knowing that cameras in your face and this is being broadcasted to millions of people that has to be hard yeah. i remember when we first started this podcast and we were nervous like you've probably <laughs> done a nervous wing your pants and didn't tell me like a it was one. just like <laughs> so scary yeah and this is like a podcast that is isn't reaching as many people imagine that yeah. like at that that young age to be I, able to to communicate and yeah really be honest and say how she's feeling because it's the thing it's well that you have to perform so not only do you have to perform but you have to sit back after the fact and analyze what you did what you did really pick apart where you went wrong if you won where you went right they literally dissect every Everything. single thing and at 23 to have to do that i mean it's okay to have the talent and just do what you've got to do and win but having what you've done dissected and pulled apart by people that are much older than you that it's their job to ask you these really difficult questions to put you in a spot to make you angry or to make you respond and I just think it is a lot of pressure and I was really upset by um I think it was Boris Becker I mean I know well I think he won Wimbledon when he was about 17 or something and he was basically saying well you know this is just part of the job you know people need to suck it up and there's a lot of that kind of Piers Morgan everybody's whinging all the time type of thing but this is a real issue and like you said just because they're high performing sports people they are human and it's not right for them to have to sit there like Superman and Superwoman and brush their thoughts, their feelings and their mental health under the carpet. You know, they're not mm. performing monkeys for us to sit there and clap at and say very good, very good. Mm. And then just forget that they actually have a life aside from the job that they do that entertains us, yeah. that makes us happy. They are individuals too. And I think we need to remember that. I mean... We all go to work and have an off day. We might go into the toilets and cry or a friend might come and say, how are you doing or what's up? Or I'll do that project for you while you get yourself together. But they're out there on their own. And I just think that it's terrible that the way that they're treated. It's also what gets me about the situation are like the Piers Morgans of the world and oh, the people that man. like... You do realize like you're 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 a big man to these yes. these young girls and you're the way you're speaking about you got them. A problem. You got a You've problem, got a problem, Bridget. You got young a problem. Women. Yeah. You have a problem. And then it's like you will do that and let's say God forbid something happens, then then that hashtag be kind will come back out and it's like yeah. do you guys not learn? Exactly. Do you actually not learn and do you actually not listen to what people are saying? Yeah. Do not wait until the time it's too late to realize that someone was under so much pressure and they felt like they couldn't do anything, that their only way out was to potentially commit suicide or yeah. to harm themselves. Like, don't be that person that makes it get to that point that someone does that to themselves because that's wicked. Mm, that's wicked. And I think there's this thing where, oh, modern people or young people today are soft or they can't take pressure or you know, what is it, they're snowflakes. And 
I don't think you should believe the hype. You know, people like our parents, age and older, they had problems too. It's just that we have social media. We have more avenues where people can be targeted and reached. You know, you can be reached by bullies in the comfort of your own home through your tablet, through your mobile phone or whatever. And just because our peers didn't speak about these problems doesn't mean they didn't have them them. there's always been bullies there's always been people that you know want to um treat people poorly um and they probably had a whole bunch of mental health problems as well it's just that maybe they didn't speak about them but now we're living in a time a good time where people are actually speaking about them so that can only be for the good of society at the end of the day in in my view yeah and then we have Simone Biles she um decided to pull out from her competitions as well Mm -hmm. um and she was quoted to say this Olympic Games I wanted it to be for myself when I came in and I felt like I was still doing it for other people and I just thought that was like just like such a significant thing to say Mm -hmm. because especially like okay for example let's say running yeah like that's your thing that you do for you and it makes you happy Mm -hmm. but it's like the moment that you're doing it and something changes and actually you're not enjoying it anymore Mm. it, it completely changes yeah. what that means to you and this obviously means so much to her like she's worked so hard her entire yeah. life like she's been able to create moves that no one else can do to the point where like the officials don't want the moves in the competition yeah. they think they're illegal because it puts everybody else at a disadvantage right. no hun it just means everybody's not as good as her she's just good. like she's she's worked really hard so it's it's not to be taken lightly when someone who's worked that hard for where they are to to drop out or to take themselves away mm-hmm. from a competition it's it's for a big deal it's for a big reason but i i admire them they they are they are so young but so mature mm-hmm. and i'm glad that even with the pressure to maybe perform mm-hmm. don't like that word because then it just makes it seem like they are yeah it almost dehumanizes them like they're almost like robots or that they're puppets and they're Mm. just there to do that job but yeah they they know that they can have that time and just be like actually no I'm taking back the control now Mm. and I'm gonna do what's good for me I think that's a lesson for everybody yeah every damn body can take a lesson from those two exactly and also a a thought that just came to me Mm. was that as good as you are as an athlete that wrong move on the beam that wrong run up to the hobby horse or the balance board that wrong serve can end your career literally that one thing and they're living with that they're living with the pressure you know it's it's a lot it's a lot especially for a young person or anyone to take really but yeah hats off to them next next the euros oh god oh, Lord. 
I love how we both side there because it, we just yeah. know where the conversation's going to go. Um, this so one could go on all day, but... It can go on all day. But so obviously the the European countries get together to play football, mm-hmm. kind of like the World Cup, but just for the European countries. And that happened this summer. So break it down. Well, we had the Euros and England had got as far as they'd ever got since 1966. They won. No, hold on. They won the World Cup in 1966, didn't they? You're asking me, I don't you know. know what? I don't follow football <laughs> like this. We need to check. 1966 World Cup. You see, I do do my research, people, but okay. 1966 World Cup. So England won, yeah? Okay. But this is the Euros. We're talking about the Euros. We're talking about the Euros. Okay. So basically... You all know what happened. And but in case people don't know what happened, if you don't follow don't English ha- football yes. or European football. Okay, so if you're playing the match and you get to the end where you have to have a penalty shootout, basically it's sudden death. So if your team doesn't score all the penalties, if they miss and they keep missing and the other team keep getting them. I'm sure there's some football fans out there probably saying, what's she talking about? In my head, I was just like, how are you explaining it like this? Do you know what? Can you explain (laughs) it then? Because... (laughs) Right, obviously, guys, there's 90 minutes in a football match, right? And the person that wins the match is obviously the person that scores the most goals. Because it's a tournament, you need to win. So there's no draw, okay? So if you get to the end of the 90 minutes and it's nil-nil or 1-1 or 3-3 or 5-5, you're going to go into extra time. In that extra time, you need to then score if nobody scores in that extra time it then goes to penalties because there needs to be a definite winner Look at so now is trying to say yeah. that all of that happened and then this match went to penalties now continue right. there we go in a nutshell <laughs> come on now <laughs> i know <laughs> so basically gets to penalties now and it's against Italy. Now, Italy had been looking pretty sharp throughout the tournament anyway. But the country was riled up. You know, patriotism was just out there. People were happy. And so we're at penalty shootouts now. As black people watching the match and we see that it's a black person that goes up to take the penalty, we instantly think don't miss i mean what i'm saying is the same thing score don't miss it's the same thing but the same same but different it depends on the eyes that you're looking through yeah as a black person i was thinking please please don't miss and you can ask any black person well i can't speak for all black people but i know for a fact yeah I i was traveling back from birmingham with my family. Hey, my family now. Your new family. My new family. And I can assure you, every one of us were thinking the same thing. Please don't miss. Yeah. And someone someone in the car actually said it. Please don't miss. Yeah. And there's a reason why that thought comes in or that gets said. 
and it's because we know the backlash we, we and it's know. not it's not even just like oh they're they're rubbish because people say that about everyone all the time yeah it's about the racial backlash it's like yeah. you as a black person you can't even look sideways too much because that's a reason for someone to say something about you. Yeah. You have to be, you, there's just no room for you to slip up because the moment you do, it, it it's almost like it opens the gateway for people to say anything about you. Yeah. And for people to say anything about you, it then opens the gateways for racist people to say yeah. something about you. And how football has been in terms of like players taking the knee and stuff like that and the backlash from that, and like people saying, oh, oh why have you been pointing into me? Yeah. And then people taking the knee, but then people booing. It's like, you're you're just demonstrating the exact reason as to why, why people are making it. a statement. Can exactly. you not see? Are you dumb? Clearly you are. But anyways, back to the point, we just knew it was going to happen. We knew. So. And it just so happens, yes, as we've mentioned, Bukayo Saka, Marcus Rashford and Jaden Sancho. They're all black and they all missed their penalties. And as I said before, there's one camp, don't miss. The other camp is, you know, score, score. And we knew as black people, and that's the thing, we all knew this wasn't going to be good. And I think I mentioned to you, ah, oh, give it and give it a day. And I think you said, what, give it an hour, something like that. And the racism, the the awful bile that was coming out of people's mouths, or when I say mouths, coming through their keyboards, you know, keyboard warriors sitting at home typing this horrible stuff out, all with racial undertones, simply because these three young men happened to miss. It was absolutely awful. I think to the point where arrests were made because people in pretty senior positions in jobs were putting things out on social media and they were caught and the police investigated. But apparently racism doesn't exist. But in it either. doesn't exist in this country. Um, but yeah, so the police got involved. Their pictures were put in the newspapers and put online. So we knew who these people were. But it's the fact that the tide turned so, so quickly because for those of you that don't know, Marcus Rashford, um, really lovely young man. He basically started um, initiative, an initiative in schools um, where children would get, um, is it like lunch? They'd get lunch or um, food to eat because like in the six weeks holiday, um, obviously there were lots of problems financially for people and he'd set up all these initiatives I think he also wanted to set up a reading initiative for young children and everyone was saying how wonderful he was how kind he was what a positive young man he was he was doing a better job at you know looking out for young people in need than the government that runs the country but give it a couple of months and this happens and all of a sudden he's wicked he's the n-word he's this he's that and it totally diminished all the good that he did 
just because he missed a penalty. Nobody died. Nothing terrible happened. He missed a penalty and the country went crazy. And it did open a debate for a time on race and how um, sports people of colour are treated. Um, They have a mural on the side of a coffee shop um, in Withington where Rashford grew up and it was defaced and it was all like racially motivated slurs and whatever. And then obviously the people that live around there, they were just so horrified. They went and put up nice, kind, loving messages. But it was just awful. And it really showed the ugliness of the country. And I know that there are other countries that have the same problems. But, you know, as people say, this is England, you know. Um, And it was sad to see and sad to watch and experienced and again like Naomi Osaka these were really young people I think Bukayo Osaka I think he's 19 or something isn't he he's 19 again can you imagine can you imagine listen and do you know what's the worst thing about it yeah like be it like the football people or the people that are jogging down on Simone Biles Mm. and Naomi Osaka take one of you average people with your dry lips to go and do this, you would probably miss, you would probably cry when you see the amount of people watching you and you can't even get the serve or you slip and you bust yourself on a beam. Like you wouldn't manage even a minute. They wouldn't even get shoes. to half time. They would not get you to half get to half time. time. You wouldn't even finish your first set because you'll be puffing because your lungs are just dry. You wouldn't even be able to balance on the beam to just simply walk. Like, people need to stop with the judgment of others when you can't yeah. even do better. You can't even come close, Bridget. Exactly. You can't. It's, you know, these kind of like people that sit behind their keyboards and think that they're an authority on something that they know nothing about. Nothing about. I, mean, I saw, um, was it ridiculous. a tweet, a meme, or something on Instagram where it's like, when the Olympics come round... Um, there should just be like this thing where normal people just get called up out of their jobs and have to go and represent the country. <laughs> yeah. And then you, yeah, will you, see, do, you will see, you will see, you no, will see no. that it's not as easy as you think it is to, it's not. to be that person. And at that age as well. At that age, and step I mean, up, represent your country. Yeah. Or represent just you. And it's you, solely you, nobody else. You don't have your teammates. You don't mm-hmm. have anything exactly how you will cope you wouldn't cope because you know what if it's me up there i'd be like you know you know what Southgate boss i'm not taking no Bridget, penalties i'm not doing here. it i'm not doing, I'm not it. doing it go and get someone else <laughs> go and as get as harry kane I'm, I'm stepping down i'm relieving myself of these roles because i know what could come i'm sorry but i have to say he was excellent because remember he missed penalties too he so did he yeah. understood he, it's just that the racial element was something extra on top on of top. it, which is unnecessary and and just plain wrong. Plain wrong. So, the Euros, there you go. Next. What's next? So, I want to talk about the swimming cap that's designed for natural black hair or Afro hair. Um, that brand... 
was rejected from the Olympics. So the hats made by Soulcap, which previously partnered with Alice Deering, who last week, I'm reading from an article by the way, so not last week, but you know, last week qualified to become the first black female swimmer to represent Team GP, GB at the Olympics have been rejected by the International Swimming Federation. And I just like, this is the bit when I was obviously researching the story and stuff. Mm. <laughs> the body said the caps did not fit the natural form of the head. And their best knowledge, the athletes competing at the international events never used, neither require caps of such size and configuration. Oh, wow. <laughs> so first of all, What's a nat- what's a natural head shape? Because as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> you've got a flat head back. Have Someone I? Else- no, no, you don't really. Oh. But I'm just saying, like <laughs> this one over there's got a flat head back. Someone else has got the lay back where the bit hangs yeah, at the, the bit back. Bump at the back. Someone's yeah. got a big dent. So number one, everyone's head shape different. So what's a what's a normal head shape then? Exactly. And number two, how you wear your hair, how the hair grows out of your head, then changes that head shape on top. So I'm a bit confused here. Can you elaborate? Now, I think just kind of going, well, not really going off subject, but I remember we did an episode that was like, don't touch my hair. And it was yes. like how you know, black hair can be a barrier to exercise and sport. Yeah. And I feel like I did speak about my experience with swimming mm-hmm. and the entire rigmarole I had to go through in order to A, make a swimming cap stay on my head and B, make sure that my hair didn't get wet. So obviously the swimming cap stays in place. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, yeah. <laughs> In order to keep my hair dry, if you don't know, I have natural, you know, black Afro hair. It is quite long in its blow-dried state. It's about mid-back length. Now, to go swimming, first of all, I don't even like swimming. So you might even be like, oh, but you're a bit biased because you don't like swimming. I don't like swimming, but I don't like swimming for a number of reasons. (laughs) And this is one of the reasons, right? Is that if your hair gets wet, you are pissed. And the reason why is because our type of hair is already naturally dry. To mm. then go in a body of water that is chlorinated, that is bleached, to further dry out your hair means that you have to get rid of that. You have to wash it. Now, it doesn't take... You can't just do what your Caucasian friends do and just, just jump wash in and the fight, jump in the shower mm. and rinse your hair within five minutes. You can't do that because then there's the process of detangling. There's the process of drying. It takes forever. Mm-hmm. When I tell you, now you used to go swimming, it wasn't simply just a swimming cap because as sole cap, found the gap in the market is that the swimming caps don't fit for people that have hair like mine. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't ever just a swimming cap. Let me tell you what it was, yeah? Let me tell you what it was. It was a shower cap Mm. as layer one. As layer two, it was a swimming cap that had the the dome of the head (laughs) cut off. So just imagine like, it's basically like a headband, like a thick headband, maybe about three or so inches like a a damn resistance (laughs) band right so (laughs) then i've got that on top of the shower cap to hold the shower cap in place as Mm -hmm. like a layer one barrier then 
I've put on the swimming cap. By this point, yeah. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. My hair stays dry. But my, like, your you girl's got a bad. headache, bruv. <laughs> yeah. like, I've got a headache because there's so much pressure on my edges just to keep this damn thing in place. And, and then make the sure chlorine going in your eyes. You know and... <laughs> It's long. So you can see already how swimming itself is a barrier to certain types of people. Yeah. So therefore, Soul Cap, this brand, have now come up with a specific type of um, swimming cap that can accommodate for people with bigger hair, AKA people like me. So to then say that um, it doesn't follow the natural, well, what's the natural shape of the head? Someone whose yeah. hair lies flat and then can fit in your more traditional Yeah, what cap. are you trying what to say What are you suggesting that? then? Yeah. Exactly. And that um, no one at international events will need that or will use it. Okay, are you trying to say that no one at international events have hair like me Mm -hmm. there's no one that will use those cuts because no one has that type of hair so we don't need it Mm. can you not see how this is excluding a certain type of person Mm -hmm. and why it's of no surprise that in events like swimming you know there's there there isn't that many people of color is not to do with the fact that we we have heavy bones yeah and we it's don't like water. We do. Oh, we don't like water. There are other barriers in place, and this is just one of them. So to then have a brand that can accommodate for certain things like that, um, not be approved by the swimming governing body, was well of no doubt. It it brought a lot. It brought along a lot of backlash. In that same article, founding member of the Black Swimming Association. Um, the ruling underlined the inherent systemic and institutional inequalities around sports. She says, we believe that it confirms a lack of diversity in the sport. Aquatic swimming must do better. The original swimming cap designed by Speedo 50 was created to prevent Caucasian hair from flowing into the face when swimming. OBE said that, OBE, OBE? I've read that as like OBE. 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 What's the, the queen thing? MBE. I read it as that, but I don't think it's that. I'm really sorry. Um, said the caps did not work for Afro hair, which grows up and defies gravity, which is so true. Mm-hmm. When our hair gets wet, it doesn't flow in the same way. Right. Which means that it, it needs something else to contain it. We spoke about It's not going to be contained yeah. in the same way as Caucasian hair. Yeah, the curl pattern, everything. It's, you know, when it gets wet, it looks and performs differently. differently. And back to my point about what a normal head shape is, she said, we need the space and the volume which products like the soul caps allow for. Inclusivity is realizing that no one's head shape is normal. Right. While other swim caps for Afro hair are available, they are difficult to find, which create a sense of exclusion for members of the black and minority ethnic community. So yeah. I just thought that was a big one to know. Um, And also to link back to um, the episode that we did about black hair. Mm -hmm. In another article, coach Taj Amari, um, he's a founder of Empowered Swimming um, Club and she's a swim coach, diversity and inclusion consultant um in an article she says that this is how systemic racism works 
um, it's a subtle, it's subtle and microaggressive. It is virtually unnotice- unnoticeable by white people because the system either benefits or doesn't affect them. Mm-hmm. But as a swimmer whose natural hair simply does not fit in standard swim caps, it is a slap in the face. And I have to agree, like, as someone who goes swimming, don't like it, like, it's such a struggle. Mm. And the fact that, you know, oh my God, there can be this swimming cap that can be recognized in competitions, you know, that can help me out massively. Mm-hmm. And look, if you're, if you're gonna say the thing about being streamlined and all these things, well then don't worry over there like don't worry it won't affect you then because mm. we we just won't be a streamline as you but our hair will be dry exactly. how about that <laughs> how about that and that's the thing it is microaggressive like like the quote that you read out oh well there'll be no need for that type of thing so you're already you're saying, just saying that that type of person won't be at that competition yeah. you're already preempting it so how you're, dismissing, you? you're people. dismissing people so you're already putting your line in the sand saying you lot aren't coming here. You lot ain't welcome here. So we've got no need to accommodate you. That's basically what you're saying. <laughs> wow. Wow. And sport is meant to be inclusive. Inclusive. A, lo- a, lo- a lot of that word. Inclusivity. Yes. Equity. Diversity. Are we implementing it, people? Mm-hmm. In in our sports wells, in our sports clubs, in our companies, yeah. in our day-to-day lives. Because it's a nice buzzword. It sounds good. But are you really about that? Are you really about that? Are you? Are you? Are you? Which leads nicely on to, to Laurel Hubbard. We had the first transgender weightlifter. Well, the first openly transgender woman to compete in the Olympics. Um, She's from New Zealand and she gained equal support of... Well, in equal measure, support and criticism. Um, Some people, you know, especially from the trans community are saying, yeah, this is brilliant. This is showing inclusivity in sport, which is what we want to see. And then other people are talking about, you know, unfair biological advantages because obviously Laurel was previously male and went through puberty as a male so therefore there's an advantage there um this is really really interesting and sport is meant to be inclusive and I really at some point would like to know like stats and figures about the biology of this but for now we've seen Laura Laurel she come to do her thing and it's nice to see that there was inclusive inclusivity in the weightlifting category at least so we have seen a bit of it but there is a long way to go and I'd imagine there's going to be lots more you know studies and articles and things going on about this subject but yes very interesting stuff cool anything else you want to add uh one small thing because it always reminds me that summer is coming. Wimbledon. Wimbledon. I'll, I'll be Who com- even I'll com- won it? I was about to say, I'll be completely honest. I didn't even watch it. And it, this is something that I always watch. I think maybe because of how close it is to home. Mm-hmm. And like 
the fact that we got to in school because our um our school fell under the borough in which the Wimbledon tournament happens in all the the children get to try out to be like ball girls and ball boys and I remember like wanting to do it and then I was like nah because you have to like do all this stuff after school and I didn't want to do it um <laughs> but yeah like because of those reasons like I was al- always interested in um tennis and the Wimbledon um tournament specifically but this year I just went into it mm. I don't even know who won I know who won who won what male female or both both Novak Djokovic Djokovic and Ashley Barty oh okay so that's that that's as much as I know about it I mean I didn't watch it and it's so weird because like you said it's something you take an interest in I do too but I don't know what happened. I just wasn't interested. But there you go. Novak Djokovic and Ashley Barty. Well done, by the way. <laughs> Didn't watch her, but well done. Lol. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you want to mention? Not necessarily sport related, but just over the year. Um, I can't believe that in a couple of months we'll be at the end of the year. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> I'm tired. Um, I can't believe that I've not been on a plane in almost two years. Oh, first world problem. I know. It's so rude. <laughs> it's so rude. But you know what? Talking about mental health and things like that, holidays or breaks or time away is essential. Yeah. It is essential for your well-being. I mean, okay, granted, not everybody has the means or the finances to get on a plane. But even if it's just like a weekend break somewhere or just, you know, a trip, overnight trip to the seaside with your kids or whatever, just time away from work and time away from your house, you know, is a blessing if you have the means to do it. So, yeah, I can understand you're probably feeling a bit, you know, down at not being able to go away. But hopefully if we all behave ourselves life will continue to get better hopefully hopefully yeah all righty yay so that was a long one hope you enjoyed it no we had a lot to say say. and we have been away and we have been away (laughs) so make sure you come back to stay yeah and then we can play Oh God! Oh my days! So yes, it is hot today. Granted, you know it's kind of hot still. So, all right, we'll stay connected and join the conversation. We're off now for some drinks. It's hot. Bye. Bye.